Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today, we're back with our sustainability expert and dietitian, Abby Cannon. Abby's an attorney turned dietitian, sustainability, low waste, non toxic living expert, and yoga teacher. And she's also a mom of an adorable toddler. She's the owner of Abby's Food Court, a private nutrition practice focused on supporting women who are trying to conceive, pregnant, or in the postpartum phase. Abby counsels her clients on nutrition, mindful movement, and low-waste non-toxic living and helps them optimize their health and the health of their entire families. In this episode, Abby and I discuss everything food waste and what are some low-lift ways we can produce less of it, including her tips for while at home, eating out, specific tools and appliances, recipes, and the different ways you can incorporate composting, which I share my reservations about after trying it, but Abby gave me some great solutions, so I'm up for trying it again. Don't miss Abby's last episode where we unpack habits that are best for our health and the health of our planet. I know for myself, I've made small changes over the years towards living more sustainably. And don't get me wrong, I have a long way to go, but it feels good to be making choices that are not only better for myself, but for the greater good and the good of the planet. Abby says it in her last episode that once you bring awareness, you can't ignore it, which to me tells us that one of the best ways to start making sustainable changes in your life is to educate yourself more and educate Abby will, but still from a realistic standpoint. Abby, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy one to just to see your face and get to connect again. Um, but I love having you on here as our expert in uh, honestly anything environmental. Um, also love that you're a dietitian, so we can always bring that aspect in. And today we're going to really be focusing on how to produce less food waste. Um, just what we can start doing, like little habits we can start doing around the house. I was just sharing with you, we just moved into a new house and I really want to start some new habits. You know, we've tried, my husband and I have tried things here and there. Um, certain things have stuck and others haven't. So I kind of want to get into the nitty gritty, but thanks so much for coming back on. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to connect with you and to talk about my favorite topic. (laughs) And I think food waste is the best topic that merges my training as a dietitian with my expertise in sustainability. It's like a really nice marriage. Oh, completely. I mean, they go hand in hand, right? Um, And actually, you know what? Let's start there, Abby, with just like, why should people care about producing less food waste? The... So just some really overwhelming stats, 40% of the food in the U.S. is never eaten. That's $165 billion worth of food. Oh my God. So that's like huge. So if you care about nothing other than finances, you're wasting a lot of money on food. It's estimated like $1,500 a year. And like, I think that's pretty, I think that's low. (laughs) I think that's a low estimate. Just like, in eyeballing, even the waste that I produce. So you're wasting a lot of money on food and you're wasting a lot of resources. And I think particularly now with the crazy weather we're experiencing and seeing around the world, like climate change is here and it's making itself known. It's really scary. It's really overwhelming. And so much of that food waste happens in our kitchens, in our home. Scary, but also great because it's a really wonderful opportunity for us as individuals to make a difference in our own home and then make a difference, you know, overall. Yeah. And what I think, you know, hearing that stat about 40% of the food isn't eaten in the U S my, you know, my heart and my mind goes right to right underprivileged kids or families that can't afford to buy certain foods for their children. Um, I used what? to work at WIC Abby and it's like, you know, you see it all the time or it's like the, you know, getting fast food because it's the cheaper option. And just hearing that stat, like that's what drives it home for me, you know? Totally. 
totally. One in eight Americans struggles to put food on the table. Worldwide, we have, you know, really despicable rates of malnutrition and undernourishment, right? Um, that should, just, just shouldn't be the case. So it really, that's such a great point. And that should have been my leading point um, because it, it, it is, it's just despicable, right? We're just wasting so much at home when so many people could use that food and we're not wasting food that's gone bad or yeah. food that we couldn't prevent from going bad. This is like all on us. <laughs> yeah. And I know there are systems in place, which I, I'm really glad actually you brought up the financial piece of it because everyone has different motivators, right? Totally. So like, just because that resonates for me, the financial piece of it may really resonate for a family that is struggling, right. you know, to make ends meet, or maybe they're not, but they're just concerned about their finances. Um, and I know there are programs like some restaurants can use for extra food to be able to donate, but it's also a very finite window too, right? And there's lots of regulations on what they can actually donate, correct? Totally, totally. And so much, uh, I think, and we talked about this in the last podcast, right? The first way to tackle any of these issues is to do an audit. Like what, where are things going wrong? What are you wasting? Uh, and why are you wasting it, right? The audit's the first step because then you can really tackle what's going on for you personally. But uh, a lot of people, like the regulations are around sell-by dates and use-by dates mm-hmm. and food could be perfectly fine, but a grocery store or a restaurant has to toss it because of these rules about the dates. And of course, we don't want to be selling spoiled food, uh, but the dates to a certain extent are arbitrary. Yeah. The smell test, right? Good old smell test for dairy. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Um, So what would you say just to like, you know, to get right into it? And I think I'm sure more and more is going to come from it, but what are those? And I love Abby, you always use the term like a low lift. What are those easy low lift ways that people can start producing less food waste? whether it's in their home, out of their home, et cetera. Let's start with eating out, right? Bring your own container and don't be afraid to pack your own leftovers to bring home. Uh, That cuts down on physical waste too, right? We're avoiding plastic. But even if it's like four string beans, take it home, eat it the next day, throw it into your omelet in the morning, the the next morning. I think, you know, the portion sizes, again, as being dietitians, we know this, like no one should eat this amount of food. We're not Michael Phelps. We're not training for the Olympics. Uh, Most of us are sitting at home all day. Uh, You know, we just don't, we don't need a lot of food to survive and to thrive. We need enough, but not these crazy portions that were served. So don't feel like you have to finish your food at the restaurant and then, feel sick and bloated afterwards, pack it up, bring it home, and then know that you have it in the fridge. So no, I'm going to have it tomorrow for lunch. I'm going to have it tomorrow for dinner. Like designate a time that you're going to have it so it doesn't sit there and end up spoiling and you have to throw it away. And honestly, Abby, that's a great motivator. I know for a lot of clients, like the motivation to only eat half their plate is like, oh, now I don't have to worry about lunch tomorrow. And something I know... Um, Pat and I love to do when we go out to eat and it also really helps our wallets is we split stuff. And I know not every couple or like if you're going out to dinner with someone, sometimes it's not conducive if you have different dietary restrictions or just taste buds. (laughs) Um, But generally we will try and pick like an app and an entree to split but we always know, and we always say to our waiters, like, keep one menu here because we may eat more. Because sometimes I think people are nervous to do yeah. that because they're scared they're going to be hungry. Yes. And the great thing is usually we finish almost everything. If there's anything to bring home, we always bring I it home. That. But it's also, it makes going out to eat so much cheaper. And so then we much. also get to have that experience of like enjoying the food together. We get to talk about eating the same foods. And we always find when we get our own separate meals, we have so much left over. Yeah. And 
were so, so much fuller, like just not as content afterwards. So if you do, if you are going out to eat with someone, whether it's a friend, a partner, et cetera, that you know, you can split stuff with, just try it. It's fun. You can always order more food. They don't shut totally. down the restaurant on you. Right. And, you know, you get there pretty late, but that to me, I know at least when we eat out has helped us produce a lot less food waste. I love that. I love that. And I, I love how it ties into the experience around eating food, making it more enjoyable, mm-hmm. having more to talk about instead of just like having your blinders on your food comes, you eat it. You don't even know what happened and you, your stomach's really full. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, and it, and that's where too, like, even if restaurants offer like the appetizer portion or things like that, those are always great to get. And cause it is true. I mean, there have been times like you bring that food home. And if you don't, I love that you said, I have a plan for when you're going to yeah. eat it because it can just kind of sit in there and then it goes bad. It also makes your fridge smell, which is never yeah. pleasant. <laughs> yeah. And then it really is a waste. It It is. And, you know, we're all guilty of this. I think going back to like actionable things you can do at home. Yeah. It's not super sexy, but you need to have an organized fridge. Like this yeah. is non-negotiable for health and for sustainability purposes. If you are unorganized, there's no hope. <laughs> like you are just fighting an uphill battle every time you go to eat. I know right now we're in the middle of construction. My house is upside down. And I look in the fridge and I just, I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with this. I don't have a counter to cut my vegetables on. Like everything's exploding. And I just want to close the fridge and run away. Right. Uh, And when we have that experience of opening up the fridge and there are things that are old and there are things that are moldy and like there, when did you get that orange? I don't even know. Or like the spinach in the back of the fridge, like don't even go there. Right. You're never going to eat those healthy foods and you're always going to waste them. Yeah. So how, how would someone set up their fridge to be the best to produce less food waste and have things spoil less? First, clean everything out. Let's start at a clean slate, right? Make it shiny and clean, get in those corners, get in those cracks, um, and start afresh. Maybe there'll be some waste involved in this cleanup, but you're starting something new and hopefully it will eventually lead to much less waste. So this is worth it. And like, if it's sitting there going bad anyway, you have to throw it away. Right? You have to. And like one thing I love, Abby, about doing a little clean out is let's say you come across like the jar of sauce that's gone bad or whatever, pop that in your dishwasher or, you know, I say dishwasher now because we finally have one or clean it by hand because that's what I've been doing for years. Yeah. And maybe make some pickled onions or like don't forget like those glass jars will come in handy. Um, so like, that's also like, yes, you may be throwing away some of your food, but you could be getting some jars in return. Absolutely. And as you're throwing things away, pay attention to what you're throwing away, right? This is where the audit comes in. Is it, you know, half a jar of tomato sauce? Is it, you know, three quarters of a jar of a pickle, right? What, is it that huge bulk thing that you got at, you know, Costco and you thought, oh, this is such a great deal. Like most of that stuff goes to waste. So sometimes it's more economical, less wasteful to buy the smaller portions and actually eat through them. Right. So paying attention, if we don't pay attention, we don't know what we're wasting in our homes. No, I love that. I, cause honestly, I don't do that when I clean it out. It's just like, oh, this is bad or this is, yeah, but I don't really do that mental audit. And it's funny you brought up Costco because that was just being two of us. I don't know if it'll change. We did it for maybe a few months and we realized like it was just too much food. Like we ended up having to freeze everything and it was, it was too much. And honestly, it's overwhelming when you have too much food. it, It is, it can be really overwhelming. You open the fridge, you're like paralyzed. Like, I don't even know where to begin. And you close it, you run away, right? Uh, and that's human nature, right? We we need to set up 
systems to help us make the healthiest choices. Right now, our environment in general, of course, these are generalizations, is not set up for us to make the healthiest, least wasteful choice. Yeah. It's the opposite, right? It's, we're being sold this idea that everything has to be easy. Everything has to be convenient. uh, And there's a price to pay for that. So we have to take control of our home environment to, to help us thrive. So once someone Abby cleans out their fridge, they make it sparkly clean. How would they set up their fridge that would just be the most beneficial in producing the less food waste? Think about not having so many layers, right? When you're like, when you're putting stuff back in, you want to be able to see everything and you want to have sections. Like this is where I store my apples. This is where I store my fruit, my vegetables, my dairy, my eggs, my meat, um, food safety standpoint, right? We want meat kind of towards the bottom of the fridge. So it doesn't leak anything, um, to, to other food. Uh, the coldest parts of the fridge are in the back as opposed to the doors. So we want to keep like dairy and eggs and things like that, um, closer to the back. Uh, does that remind you of the RD exam? Yeah, oh yes. Like <laughs> all this PTSD. serve safe, serve yeah. safe certified. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just make sure you can see everything. Because yeah. if you don't see it, you're not going to remember it's there. And then it's going to start to look manky and gross. And that's like a lot of then obviously putting our dietitian hats on, like trying to keep a lot of the produce that'll go bad, like towards the front. Right. So like where you can see it, um, or like bright pre-cutting stuff and putting them in jars of water. So they actually will last longer and having them ready to go, is something I try to think about. Like, can I see my fruits? Can I see my veggies? Um, because some of the other stuff you'll go for anyways, but let's talk a little bit about too. Like sometimes I find people are scared to freeze stuff and like, I am such a freeze body. Like we will freeze everything. Um, hummus, anything just if I know that, if I yeah. know where it's like going to go bad, it's like when in doubt, we freeze it and it's a lifesaver. And freeze ahead of time. Like assume you're yeah. going to waste your food. <laughs> yep, exactly. Because, you know, I'm crazy about waste. I'm crazy about food waste. I'm crazy about nutrition. And every time I meal prep, I'm like, we're going to finish this. I don't need to freeze half of it. And then I'm like, why do I keep doing that? Like always freeze half. You can always thaw it out, right? You can always reheat it. There's no harm in freezing and so much potential benefit. So if you're meal prepping, freeze half of it automatically. Uh, Granted, if you're making larger quantities, but Yes. And remember, you can freeze fresh veggies, fresh veggies. You know, you're going away. You know, you're not going to finish things. Throw them into a silicone bag, a glass jar. Uh, If you use glass and you freeze, just make sure there's some room at the top. Um, Throw it in your freezer. Mark it too. That's another huge thing. Mark the date and what it is because I have so much in my freezer and I didn't say what it is. And then it's like, what is this? Am I in the mood for it? mystery meat, Abby. Yeah. <laughs> or there's like, like, you know what I mean? It's like, there's all those weird things. You're like, what was that concoction yeah. I made? Yeah. Um, but yes, freeze everything. And that's the same with like, I mean, I don't think anyone listening who has not had some berries in the fridge that have gone bad. So easy, pop them in the freezer yes. and they'll be just as good. Um, but that's something I really think people should utilize more is creating more space in their freezer for less of like the processed foods that they're just like picking up from like the freezer section, but using it as a tool for the current food they're making. And, and something I love, I mean, we're actually, this is kind of where I want to go next. Um, if there's, you know, we'll talk about more home stuff, but about like different gadgets you can use. One thing we've loved is using the air fryer. And the reason being is if we realize like, Ooh, we didn't defrost any protein or like we didn't, we don't like, we didn't 
think ahead and thaw because I know that that is where people's mind goes. Like, well, I don't want to freeze it because then if I want it right away, I can't eat it right away. I do love certain tools like that, which you can also bake from frozen. It just takes a very long time. Yeah. But something like an air fryer, it like adds an extra 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, and you can just, you can actually just cook it from frozen. And so there are more and more tools and gadgets we can use. So still like, I want to keep on track of if there's other things we can do at home to produce less food waste, but also throw in like, if you find there are any appliances or cookware or gadgets that can help. Well, even before gadgets, if you freeze in really large quantities, it's going to take longer to thaw, right? And to cook. So try to do it in individual serving sizes. And then it's so not a big deal to throw on the stove or throw in the oven. Yeah. if you're just, if you just have like a huge solid block of frozen chili, like it's going to take a while. Uh, so think about doing it in smaller portions, again, labeling it, putting Love it in that. the freezer. And like, sometimes we just have to say to ourselves, like it's worth the extra time. Like, sure. It might take a little bit longer, but you ordering food, going out, getting food is still going to be longer than always defrosting something. Uh, in terms of, I mean, I am just obsessed with a blender for leftover veggies and like veggies that you would never eat, like in a salad. Uh, I blend them up with eggs. I make them like an egg scramble. I'll make a French toast out of it. And that's like, that's been our go-to and has prevented so much food waste. Uh, especially with the baby. Cause you know, he doesn't eat all of his food. Uh, there are just like straggly things everywhere, you know, like half of a carrot, half of the pepper, like three bites of this, two bites of this. And what do you do? Throw it all in a blender and with some eggs and you're good to go. No, I love that. You always have those Abby on your Instagram stories. It's all so I like, make. even if you're making like, or I've seen you make like muffins or waffles yeah. with it, you'll just put whatever scrap. Right you know, veggies and then just mix it in with whatever it would be. It's so you're basically also getting all nutrition. <laughs> and then you're getting all the nutrition and something, right. you know, we were trying to get more in the habit of doing, I'm hoping, um, we can do it more this year, but is with like a lot of leftover scrap veggies too. It's like, get your favorite broth, throw them in you got a soup for the next couple of days, which you could freeze, right? If you like, aren't going to eat it right away, you could freeze it. Or like, I mean, who doesn't love to have like soup with your lunch, you know, or (laughs) especially when it gets like colder months, it's, it's just so much nicer and homier. So that's another great way to just like throw it in a pot too. Right. And I love recipes. I love cookbooks. Uh, I have like 37,000 cookbooks (laughs) that just stare at me recently. I don't know if it's, you know, since becoming a mom, like I've embraced no recipes. I've embraced like half a carrot. It's going in, you know, (laughs) half a piece of celery that was on the floor for three days. Like it's going in (laughs) Um, and embrace the freedom that comes with knowing, okay, you have some great ingredients throw it in and it's going to be fine. But I think that also brings Abby the joy into cooking. So I know a lot of people don't like cooking because they don't like to follow a recipe. It's not, they lose the creativity in it, right? So it's not letting your mind kind of wander after your work day or midday when like your kids are driving you nuts and you just need a little bit of a brain break, but not following a recipe and giving yourself permission to just like, throw something in and you do, you feel really good when you know that you would have wasted that half a carrot and you're putting it in something. It feels really good. So for anything, so good. Yeah. For anything, do it because it feels good, but it also just brings like that playfulness back to cooking. And you know what? There may be some misses too, right? Like sometimes it may not taste so great. Like, like I'm sure Abby, there's things you've made when you've just been throwing in like that piece of celery where you're like, Ooh, may have been better without the piece of celery. Yeah. I did. I did my blender (laughs) eggs with the celery leaves. Uh Uh-huh. 
And we just had so many celery leaves and I'm like, I'm throwing them all in. And Rory was screaming and we were all hungry in the morning and I just, I didn't blend enough. There were too many leaves. And like, we all ate this. We're like, too many celery leaves. Just too far. I try. Um, But yes, there are going to be misses and that's, you know, what's fun and funny and it's an experience and it happens. And to just have, less pressure on ourselves. Yeah. And you're getting more nutrition. I think a great piece of it too, is you're getting more nutrition into your family. Yes. And I I mean, I'm sure little Rory can't tell when he has that half carrot in his waffle or, you know, like it's just a great way. And I think it's cool too to show your kids that you're blending up all those things and get them familiar with it and see, because I mean, I know Abby, you grew up in a household that, right? Like your dad was so conscious about being so sustainable and producing less food waste and all these things. And you took that on. And so share it with your kids, like show them what you're doing. Don't be afraid. This is something as, you know, a dietitian, because they try to hone in is like hide the vegetables in your kid's food. It's like, no, don't hide them. Like show them, look, like I'm putting it in you can taste it. They may not like it their first try or second try, but you want to show them and get them used to like, no, this is normal. It's just society makes us think that like kids will hate vegetables. And if you show them it, they won't want it. It's like, well, you just have to offer them a variety of foods as well. I mean, I'm sure I will learn and I'm sure I will be kicking my words at some point too, but I think just getting them involved and just seeing what you're doing, even if again, they don't eat it, they don't like it. They don't eat it. They're watching you and talk to them about it. Why are you doing it? You know? Absolutely. And getting them involved is so much fun for everyone regardless of, of the outcome, right. It's like an activity. Yeah. Uh, and we're, you know, we have the responsibility of teaching our kids, uh, their responsibilities. And we all have a huge responsibility now to take control of our health and to do whatever we can to protect the planet because that affects us directly. Uh, and, I'm not saying that there aren't days where all Rory eats are crackers and peanut butter uh, (laughs) or even like just peanut butter, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Like, and that's, it's like taking the pressure off too. I'm curious, Abby, did you find when Rory was younger and you were like making baby food and stuff, was that easy to use like a lot of food that may have gone wasted or how did you work with so that? So I, from the get go, I was like, he eats how we eat. Yeah. I'm not making him separate foods. That's so, my plan. Yeah. So if I, if we were making, you know, sweet potato for dinner, I gave him the sweet potato in the, you know, age appropriate consistency. Um, we did purees, you know, in the beginning, just like as intro. And then mostly I was just giving him bits of food. Uh, so like kind of a modified baby led weaning type of a situation. Uh, but even when I started to make like regular dishes for us, I would just blend them all up yeah, and give it to him. Uh, which was great. Cause we want this to be easier for everyone and making separate food for a baby is just really overwhelming to a lot of people. Uh, but if you look at the good baby food companies, like I'm like, it's literally just sweet potato. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And even, um, do you know, Abby, you're familiar with serenity kids? No, there's so they, they they're in pouches, but what I love is like, it's literally like what you, you may have for dinner with your family and people don't realize too, like you can blend up chicken, you yes. can blend up meat. So like a lot of their packets, it's, it's literally like, it's like a meat, a veg, a meat, two veggies, and then some broth. So like, that's like also yeah. knowing like what liquid to use when to blend, like you can use some bone broth. You could use, um, veggie broth. You could use chicken broth. You can use beef, whatever kind of whatever floats your boat and also whatever you have at the house. Like, let's be real. Um, but that's one thing I think people don't realize like you can blend anything. If you have a good blender, 
You can blend anything. And also blended food. This was my like greatest aha, <laughs> right? I'd make him something. I'd blend everything up and I'd be like, this is the best sauce ever. So pureed food for him would be the sauce that I would use on pasta for us Love or that. Uh, on, you know, quinoa for us or kind of as a dressing to, to different veggies. And it was so great, again, to throw everything in the blender is such a wonderful thing because if you taste it and you're like, oh, it needs a little something else, like you just throw a little bit more in. Uh, but then you're making food for your whole family. You're not wasting stuff that otherwise would have been wasted and you are exposing your kids to a different taste. Yeah, no, I love it. I didn't even think about that. Like then, you know, for how, like make it good tasting and then you can just use it as your yeah. own sauce or something like that. Um, what about, are there other ways going back to like things we can do at home that may be a low lift, but have a large impact, um, or even like composting, which I can share our story with, (laughs) um, later, but what are some other things we can do at home? Going back to thinking about our fridge, we want to store vegetables, fruits, uh, everything really appropriately. And in a way that's appealing. So in, you know, an ideal world, when I have a functioning kitchen, (laughs) I come back from the supermarket, I come back from my CSA, from the farmer's market, and I chop and prep my veggies and put them in the fridge. So they look really nice and they're ready to go either to eat directly raw or to cook up. And by doing that, you know, things look better. You're more likely to eat it. If I leave a whole cucumber in my fridge, it will never get eaten. Same way. It turns into that like wrinkly. Yeah. It's horrible. And then everyone's everything around it. And you're like, and just like your soul with it. Just good. <laughs> but you, if I chop up a cucumber, it's gone yesterday. Like uh, who ate the cucumber? I don't know. Like it's gone. So from a nutrition standpoint, we don't want so much oxygen to be, you know, playing with all the cut veggies, but like, it's worth it to have a little senescence. All my RD words are coming out. Um, but a little loss of nutrition, just because when things are cut and exposed to oxygen, you'll lose something, but it's worth it to then on the back end, eat more. Well, and Abby, like we were talking about before, like also a little bit of water, like you cut up your carrots or your celery stick them in the glass jar, put a little bit of water in them. Cause what happens is like the water will actually like shoots up the, yeah. <laughs> like they're, yeah. you know, a little technical, but like their cellular walls and actually, yes. them. and that's also true for if you have like dying carrots yes. or yeah, or lettuce or any type of like green or celery. Like I've had celery where it's like so flim, it's like that yeah. rubber flimsy yeah. Yeah. stick it in some water and same with like cilantro or like any type of herb. You can bring so much back to life. Right back to life. Totally. Scallions, another great one. Yeah. And it looks really pretty in your fridge that way. So pretty. And you have yeah, like the know, Instagram worthy fridge, you know? Yeah. I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like using Instagram for a standard for many things, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do think having the desire to have an Instagram worthy bridge is an amazing gift you can give yourself and your family. Yeah. It may only last that way for like a few days, but it's worth it for those few days. And you probably will eat through a lot of your fruits and vegetables. And if you're going to have like one solid habit, it's to have an organized fridge. I love that. That's funny because I wouldn't have thought, Abby, that would have been your like number one go-to for producing less food waste, but it makes total sense. And it's something that I feel like everyone wants an organized fridge, regardless of like the food waste piece of it. You know what I mean? Like everyone just wants a pretty organized fridge. So I love that it's like very realistic for people. And I mean, even though it's not a fridge is, you know, even a big fridge isn't that big, but who can find anything? I, you know, I waste so much time where, you know, where's that, where's that? And it's like, you, you, you just want to kill someone because you just want to make something and you can't find anything. And then, you know, someone else swoops in and it's like, Oh, it's right there behind, you know, the dying cucumber. Yeah, no, I feel very fortunate because we just moved into a new house with a new fridge. I'm like, all right, this thing is staying clean. We are keeping it organized. So I really hope that lasts. 
It will. I'm going to really make an effort to honestly, especially after us having this conversation and knowing too, that like just the impact it'll have with our food waste yeah, and hopefully lack thereof, but. And also um, when you are a, a new parent and you're exhausted and you look at the fridge and you have to chop all the cucumbers and chop all the carrots, you are going to close that fridge and you are going to go have some crackers. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? When we're tired, when we're exhausted, when we're overwhelmed, it's only natural that we're going to be attracted to more convenient things. So we have to set up these habits and just make it a part of what you do. You brush your teeth every morning, you take a shower, you, you know, you text your friends, you scroll on Instagram, you can take a few extra minutes of the week to just check in with your fridge. And that's where like, again, too, if I find like, if there are certain meals you like to make, like, let's say it's fajitas, right. And you're like, well, I I don't want to take the time to cut up all the peppers, all the onions Buy the frozen ones. They are cheaper. They're usually more nutritious. I mean, we have right now, like there's a three pepper blend from whole foods that we always have in our fridge and it's delicious. Yeah. It's organic and it's way cheaper than buying like the fresh organic peppers by far. Yes. And it's so easy to throw it on the pan. It's like things are ready to go. I can have, I can buy pre sliced onions with it as well. And dinner's ready in 10 minutes. Yeah. It, It can be so helpful. And the other thing I work with all my clients on is coming up with their go to recipes that they yeah. you know, always love. So if you're in a bind, this is what you make. And it could be something really loose. It could be a stir fry with whatever's in the in the fridge. Right. But make sure you have your the sauce that you love and you'll put it on top. And it doesn't even matter what veggies you have because you have your favorite sauce. Yeah. So, but but having a really organized fridge and also if you use stainless steel containers, get, you know, a piece of tape and a marker and write what's on it because you're going to forget what's in there. Yeah. If you can't see it, if you can't see it. And I I love the stainless steel containers because there's no plastic involved. Even, you know, the glass has the plastic top, but so often we just forget what's, what's in. And I think too, part of that is like, it doesn't look as appealing out because you're just seeing like the stainless steel, but yeah, if you can, and just like make a point to probably right to like read those labels frequently to be like, all right, what do we like? Kind of like what you said, take an inventory, do a little audit of your fridge each day, maybe in the morning. That's actually, it's making me think like, I kind of want to do that in the morning. Like, let's see what's in here. Um, let's plan out, you know, what we're going to have tonight or the next day. That's actually something that really helped us. Um, we haven't gotten in a groove so much yet here, but when we were in California, we always wrote a little menu each week and that helped a lot, but I'm curious other things like composting or things that aren't, I wouldn't say are as low lift. Yeah. How much of an impact can they have? Do you have any tips on, cause I know I'll just share our little tidbit of when we were composting, um, we didn't have the best experience. We, I also don't know if we did it right. Like we had where we had something in our kitchen, like a little composter. Mm -hmm. Um, we definitely got bugs. (laughs) It definitely like didn't smell great. Um, we also didn't have a great place. Like we would have, like, we would just put it in our garden because we didn't have a place to like, you know, at our farmer's market to go deliver it to or things like that. So just, let's just get into composting in general. Yes. So the first thing is get started and don't think, don't overthink it. (laughs) Uh, it might smell a little, there might be bugs. We can live with it. Little fruit flies like is okay. Um, it's part of a greater vision, right? Uh, it's definitely harder to do if you're in a small apartment. Uh, I know people in New York city who do compost. Usually they put their compost in a freezer bag in the freezer and then they drop it off at a local farmer's market. See, I think I could do that. It becomes challenging. Yeah. There are also services that are popping up. I know on Long Island, we have a service that, uh, that you pay for, but they'll collect all your scraps. They'll even collect like meat scraps too. Uh, so traditionally you can't throw 
bones or meat leftovers in your backyard compost. Commercial composting facilities are equipped to, to handle that kind of waste. So we collect our compost in a little container on the counter, and then we have a big container outside that we throw it into. Okay. And then we, we use that soil when I, you know, have my garden, uh, and you know, for potted plants and, and stuff like that. So you don't get rid of it, Abby, you keep it with you. Cause that's what I would like to do is I would love yeah. to use it for soil. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we would just have to find a way or, or do you know, cause then I guess it's the convenience piece of it too. If you don't have something right on the counter in the kitchen, right? like, are you really going to walk outside every day? Oh, so we in? keep it, we keep the thing on the counter in the kitchen and then yeah. we bring that out. And outside. then you bring it out. But that's what I'm thinking. Like with our, our fruit fly issue before, I don't know right. if we would have it again, Right. but there's definitely ways. I do like the freezer idea of it. But then I guess, could you put your frozen compost in the larger bin outside? I mean, it would defrost, right? Yeah, that would be totally fine. Yeah, because I think that could, because then that just eliminates any type of like right. bug issue. There or... has to be a way around the bug issue. I'm going to look into this. Yeah, it, I mean, be, it... I don't know, like if you put like a peppermint oil diffuser or something, yeah, something. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was fine like the first couple weeks. And then after, after a little bit, it was like, okay, we have a ton of fruit flies and this is just, well, it's just, it just wasn't making like being in the kitchen enjoyable, which then was bringing on a whole other issue, you know? So you have to see what works for you, but I do love the freezer idea of it, which would get rid of it. And then you could still just put it outside in your compost bin after. And I also, so we subscribe to a CSA, a CSA Mm -hmm. is community supported agriculture. Basically it's an amazing system where you can support local farms. You pay for the entire season usually, and it gives the farmers, you know, a set income. They know they're getting this money from their CSA members. And then each week you get a share of the bounty from the farm. It's wonderful. Uh, from a nutrition perspective, it's a great way to add variety and the best quality nutrients possible. And then from a waste perspective, usually uh, there's less packaging uh, and the foods traveled not as far, right? Because it's, it's yeah. in your local area. So it's a win, 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 win on so many levels. Uh, but many CSAs, mine included, will take your compost. So you could bring your compost every week to the the farm and dispose of your compost there, which is another great perk of being part of a CSA. And that's great too, because it brings it back full circle. Like I'm sure they're pumped to get people's compost because then they get richer soil, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we won't get into it in this episode, but soil health is a large issue. Um, actually I think Abby in our last podcast we were talking about. I don't know if you, you guys got to end up watching kiss the ground. Yes, we did. It was my homework assignment and I did it, (laughs) (laughs) but like that's, it's just a great way to, again, bring things full circle. And then it puts right. It puts more nutrients because one of the benefits of getting, going to a farmer's market or CSA is the richness of the soil that is growing your vegetables and your produce. Then those nutrients are coming back to you. Um, So I, yeah, I love that. I know we need to find in our new community, you know, just being in a new state, like I need to get my, you know, my hands on, like, where are the CSAs here? Where are the farmers markets? And, um, I always love just like talking to the farmers too, and just getting to know them and their practices and things like that. Um, but that's, that's a great way to like an easy way that like when you're just going your CSA or your farmer's market, bring your compost with you, just like how you would bring your reusable bags or something like that. Um, and and actually other, yeah, go ahead. The other, I was just going to say, Abby Woods, can we just clarify for people what they can compost Mm, usually? So it, it does depend, right? If you're bringing it to a certain place, those specific places will have different rules and regulations. Uh, But in general, fruit and veggie scraps. So banana peels, avocado pits, uh, even, you know, the full cucumber that's gone manky in your fridge. Uh, 
all of that can go in. Uh, Eggshells can go in, even your backyard compost. We want to avoid high fat foods. So like you don't want to like pour olive oil necessarily into your uh, compost. I'll do nuts don't really go bad in my house often, but I will compost nuts, even though that's a higher fat food. I just wouldn't do like an oil. Yeah. And then ideally you want to also throw in like leaves or some paper, uh, just to help with the compost process. I don't think we really do that, but <laughs> no, but uh, I love it. cause that's where sometimes people like, they're like, I don't even know what, like, I don't know what to put in. And then that's their roadblock. Right. Right. It's like, they just don't know what to compost or they're like, I don't feel like Googling it. So right. I think it's nice to always just clarify. Yes. And just because we don't know how to do something doesn't mean we can't easily figure it out. Right? A lot of our roadblocks today. are like, they're not really roadblocks. No, they're very minimal, but that those are like the things that stumped me. It's like the one tiny little thing. Of course. And you are not alone. This is human nature, right? If, if it wasn't, we wouldn't be in this predicament. It wouldn't be so hard to change our habits, but a good habit to get into is I like to call her lazy Abby. I question like, is that really a roadblock or is that just lazy Abby talking? Yeah. And most of the time it's like, that's just lazy Abby. And (laughs) that you know, I say that with love to myself. Um, maybe the term lazy is triggering for you and and that's okay. Choose something else, but we have to call ourselves out on certain things. And most of the time when we actually do the thing we've been procrastinating, it's so not as big of a deal as what we built it up to be in our head. What is a big deal is when we say, okay, I want to do everything that Abby and Kate spoke about on this podcast. And then you're like, that's really overwhelming. So always choose, you know, one thing, if it's focused on your fridge, if it's focused on composting, if it's focused on, you know, being a little more creative with your meals, focus on that, nail that and move on to the next thing. It, it makes it much more doable and like, you'll actually make so much more progress that way. Yeah, no. And honestly, I think that's the perfect place to end because that's what I would want everyone to take away from this is just pick one thing we talked about. I mean, that's how I'm looking at it is like, first, it's going to be keeping our fridge in tip top shape. And then next, you know, when this little baby comes it's, and they can actually eat, (laughs) it's going to be experimenting a little bit more with like recipes and things like that. And making sure like using, you know, any of the fruits and veggies that are going to go bad or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I got a lot to think about. This is really good, Abby. The fridge is a game changer. Yeah. And, and again, just like, I don't know. I just keep thinking back like aesthetically, it just makes you happier when you open your fridge and it looks nicer and it's organized. It it really does. And you don't have to search for things and waste your time. Uh, you'll save money, you'll save nutrition. It's just a win-win all around. Love it. Um, so Abby, you know, we like to end every episode with a little rapid fire Q and I, I have new questions for you. Um, so first thing that comes to mind, just (gasps) shoot it our way. So what is your favorite way to move your body? Yoga. Nice. Any particular kind of yoga or just any? I, I love a vinyasa flow. I love just a plain and simple sun salutation. Yeah. And right now, you know, I'm still breastfeeding twists, like any twist to just like bring out my back is just the most amazing feeling in the world. Yeah. That sounds really good right now. Um, your favorite social activity now that we can somewhat be social, hopefully (laughs) going on a walk. Yeah. Like walk with a friend or just friend. Yeah. Now now the best conversations. Yeah. Just, you're both active. You're like soaking in the sunshine. Uh, I, did you see the movie first wives club? Yes, of course. When Goldie Hawn's on the treadmill and she says, (laughs) I have got my best ideas when I'm working out. Uh, Uh, You know, I just, I think we're, 
we let our guard down. It's a wonderful way to just move our bodies and also be social. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. We may have kind of covered this day, but what's your go-to breakfast? Ooh, eggs and greens, uh, leftover greens and also oatmeal with leftover fruit. So like that half eaten apple, you know, half the berries, uh, the berries that are like almost about to go bad, like throw them into oatmeal, no recipe, just throw everything into the pan. It's ready in 10 minutes. Love it. Well, Abby, thank you so much for coming on again. I mean, we're probably going to have you on again. Like I said, you are kind of our go-to expert with everything, you know, nutrition and environmental. And I just love having you on, but can you just remind people where they can connect with you? If anything new has come out, um, and where can they learn more? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's Abby's food court, A-B-B-Y, no E in my name. Uh, my website's abbysfoodcourt.com. I have great resources on healthy, low-waste living, and I am taking on new clients. I have a few spots for the fall. So if you're interested in getting help one-on-one, uh, I primarily work with women who have a range of different health goals and we tackle it from, you know, a health perspective and also weave in sustainability so that all the changes we make are sustainable over time for ourselves and our world. So all the feel good changes, all the feel good changes. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to make changes, right? It's hard to change our habits. And I think we have to accept that they're, that it's challenging and get support when we really need it. And it can be such a game changer. Love it. Well, thanks so much, Abby. And I know I will be talking to you soon. Yes. Thank you, Kate. Always wonderful to talk. How are you going to produce less food waste after listening to this episode? Let us know in an Apple review so we can all share ideas that will be better for our health and better for our planet. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can watch every episode of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. Plus, we want to hear from you. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com and we hope to answer your question on air. And for something to do in between episodes, follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.